The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA. The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Prem Carno, author of Smart Pickleball. And here is the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Prem, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen. I'm your host. Joining you today from Asheville, North Carolina. Yes, this is the week. The week America holds its breath to see who exactly will win. Of course, I'm talking about winning the USAPA Nationals 8 in Casa Grande, Arizona. And joining me is Mark Renison from ThirdShotSports.com, who is live on the scene. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Doing Good to hear from great. You. you too. We had such a great time in Indy. It was nice hanging out with you at Pickleball Summit in Indianapolis. And uh, boy, you've just been on a whirlwind tour since then. I know you went down to the Knoxville area and then up to Boston and maybe a couple of days at home. And then boom, you're in Arizona now for nationals, right? Yeah, that's right. There's been so much pickleball going on. Um, yeah, Massachusetts, Tennessee, uh, Indiana with you. And then um, now Casa Grande, which I've got to say, weather-wise, is uh, it, I think it wins. It's the nicest out of the four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised, uh, especially this time of year. How is the uh, the venue? I know that last year you were there at Nationals. And uh, how does it compare so far, both weather-wise and just venue-wise, uh, to what you observed last year? Well, you know what? It's at, um, it's at the Palm Creek uh, Palm Creek Resort only. Last year was split here between Palm Creek and Robeson Ranch. So everything is now in one place, which is really nice for the players. It's nice for the fans. Uh, they get consistent sort of consistent courts, consistent conditions. Um, this place is awesome. They've got a whole bunch of courts that were just added last year. It's a beautiful venue. There's four sunken down courts that are sort of like used as the show courts for the uh, metal matches, which is great. The weather, like I don't think you can ask for better. I, like I understand now why people come on holiday here so often because you know it's sort of mid 80s every day not a cloud in the sky pretty much perfect conditions for pickleball that's great have you actually played yet later in the week i'm playing the men's open doubles that'll be on friday and then on sunday i'm playing in the men's open singles i did happen to get into the age group doubles there was someone uh, i wasn't planning on playing there was someone who his partner pulled out at the last second and i got a call saying hey mark would you mind filling in uh, with this nice guy from Utah. And so we played together. We did okay. We won our first round match um, against a pretty tough team. Got a little bit more than we could handle in our second match. Two guys who um, who really just played the power game from start to finish. And so we lost that one. Then we had a tough loss in the uh, in the loser's bracket. But you know what? That's, that's the great thing about coming down to tournaments like this is you get to meet new people to play with. I think after uh, talking with, with my partner, 
I'm going to be making a trip out to Utah in the in the very near future to do some clinics. Well, that sounds good. Now, yeah, we should mention that not only are you a top player, you are one of North America's top pickleball coaches. And what have you observed, like if you take your player hat off for a second and put on your coach's hat, what kind of things have you observed and any trends you're seeing in terms of the game evolving or things that you expected to see uh, here at Nationals compared to last year uh, that you are in fact seeing this year? Well, you're right. So I do come down here and, you know, and I come down here to compete and do my best. But but I've got to say a lot of my focus is on on looking at this tournament from a coaching perspective. So, yeah, I'm seeing some like really interesting things. A few of them I was kind of expecting to see and then others that surprised me. So one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of is uh, what we call a third shot drive. So you and your listeners are probably familiar with the third shot drop. I hit the serve. My opponents hit the return. And I drop it gently into the kitchen when I'm mm-hmm. playing doubles. Yeah. So we're still seeing a lot of that. But more and more now, especially from the big, strong, heavy hitters, we're starting to see third shot drives where uh, the serving team just rips that ball at the team at the net as soon as they can. And uh, hard, low shots, not necessarily to win the point, but to sort of force the net team to cough up something that's weak. You know, if they do manage to play a decent volley back, then you're starting to see a fifth shot drop. Mm-hmm. So it's um, more and more, uh, you know, there's some players who've been doing this for a long time. Christine McGrath is a great example. She loves using that third shot drive to set up something else. But I'm starting to see it from more and more of the players where they're bringing the power game right after their serve. Yeah, I talked with Matt Staub about that. And uh, he mentioned that especially if it's a short return, that he is 100% every time going to drive that third ball and um, and see if they can pop up a weak return or something like that and then just put it away on the fifth. And if he needs to, he can go soft on the fifth shot. But if it's a short return, he's always going to go hard on the third ball. Yeah, well, you know, it's nice to have the skills of Matt Staub, who can use power when he wants and use the soft game when he wants. Yeah. You know what? I actually, I just took some great video of him playing this morning, doing these third shot drives. And, you know, he's the kind of player who doesn't always have to be inside the baseline to do it. And you're seeing that from him and you're seeing that from others on a pretty wide scale. What other things, when you were kind of anticipating the game evolving, what other factors are you seeing where that's uh, turning out to be true? Your listeners might be familiar with stacking. And for those who aren't, stacking is when uh, you and your partner stand on the same side of the court, the serving team or the returning team. Mm-hmm. And that's done essentially to, to ensure that when you play the point, you and your partner are playing on your preferred sides of the court. So if you love playing on the left side, but it's your turn to play on the right, you might stack. So as the point develops, you get to play, you slide over to your favorite side and play from there. So that's been fairly common and you still see it. But the new trend I'm seeing is what what I'm going to call dynamic stacking. So typically stacking uh, before the serve or the return is hit, the players are already standing on on the side that Mm -hmm. you know what's coming. You know that they're going to be stacking, especially on the return of serve. So what I'm seeing now more and more is that as the returners are getting ready to hit the return, the player who's at the net is going to give a signal. And whether that's an open fist or a closed fist, whether that's a, a one or finger or a two finger, they're giving a signal to their partner. And what they're doing is they're they're communicating whether after the return, they're going to sort of do a double cross. They're both going to switch sides, uh-huh. right? A dynamic stack. Gotcha. Um, or whether they're going to stay on the same side they're, they're already on. And why that's important is it still allows them to play the point on the side they want very often, but it also causes a little bit of uncertainty for their opponents because you're never quite sure, are they going to switch? 
and do the dynamic stack this time, or are they not? Are they just going to stay? Yeah, that element of surprise, I think, is worth it. It's worth uh, doing the dynamic stacking instead of just giving it away right at the top when they know, all right, you know, they're going to be over on that side. I'd rather have that element of surprise if I'm going to the, go to the trouble of stacking. Yeah, and, you know, there's a little bit of a risk associated with it, right? If you get your signals crossed and, and one person thinks that they're, they're switching and the other thinks they're staying, you end up being on both on the same side, which causes a problem. But especially with the top players, they've got this down and they're communicating clearly. And just that little bit of uncertainty for the opponents can be a huge advantage for you. Just to throw them out of their rhythm a little bit. If you want to see two people that are experts in this technique, definitely check out a video of the past couple of years of our friend Matthew Blom and his mixed partner, Alex Hamner. They, I think, do it better than anybody. Um, so you can you can look at a video of them playing in the past couple of years for a great reference of what Mark is talking about here with dynamic stacking. Cool. It's been exciting to watch for sure. What kind of equipment have you seen? Any new paddles, any new balls coming out? Any new anything that you've uh, run across a booth and somebody's uh, had, had said, hey, Mark, come over. You got to try this out. Anything you're excited about? You know, most of the most of the big names in pickleball have booths here. One of the things that was interesting in the player bag, uh, there was a new ball. It was a new ball that came out from Paddletech. And we haven't really seen balls from Paddletech before. Mm-hmm. I haven't hit with it yet. Most of the players, I don't think, have hit with it yet. They're sort of focused on on the ball that's being used for this tournament. Uh-huh. Um, but it's interesting to see that the Paddletech is trying to make a move into the, into the ball market. Um, in terms of paddles, you know, the thing that's really stood out for me, if your listeners are, are avid pickleball players and watchers, They'll notice that Selkirk has recently come out with a paddle. It's called the Maxima, and it's a paddle that they made. They designed in conjunction with Morgan Evans, who's a top player and top coach. And this paddle, it's longer than the usual paddle, and um, it's thinner than the usual paddle. So uh, it gives you, it's, it has the maximum allowable area, but they're, they're concentrating that area and making it longer so you can reach further, so you can get more leverage when you're hitting the ball. Uh, it's awesome in singles because you can create more speed and more spin because you have that slightly longer paddle. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of players out there using the Maxima. It's not a forgiving paddle because it is slightly narrower, but um, you know the, the feedback from people has been great. Like I'm seeing it all over the place. Now, what about uh, the people there? Anybody that's just uh, maybe blown you away seeing them and playing in person? You know, you, you see people play on little YouTube videos all the time, and then when you actually get to see them live or, or even play against them live, it's, uh, it's a whole new world. Um, anybody really catching your eye during this tournament so far? Well, you know, like you're right. All the... Sorry, Chris, it's a little annoying. Nah, you're cool. I'm here. I'm here on location. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, all like most of the big names are here. Uh, there's a few that we're expecting to come later in the week as it gets closer to the singles time and as it gets closer to the open draws as opposed to the age categories. But you know, we we've got the usual suspects out here. I'd say what's what's always exciting to watch is seeing the kids, uh, the up and coming kids. So we've got Rachel Elliott, who at 14 years old is playing in the 19 plus yeah. uh, division. She won a she won a um, bronze medal yesterday in the women's 19 plus. Oh, that's great! I'm not surprised. Rachel and Joshua Elliott, yeah, they're they're both great. I had the good fortune yeah. of playing a warm up game against Rachel uh, down in Mobile at regionals, and uh, it was fun. She was she was so polite when she would just. Uh, fire a rocket into my chest she would always apologize right after she did it so <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean i've seen that here too like she you know that girl is not lacking for power yeah and she's got a great finesse game as well that um over time as she gets more experience not just playing but competing and gets a little more comfortable on the court you'll see these shots that we know she can make that you see her make in practice um i expect her to start to make more of those uh in match play she's been phenomenal on the court there's other kids that are 
sort of running around here, practicing, playing, playing fun games with each other. You know, my one of my favorite people to watch, he's got to be one of the, the most notable characters in Pickleball, and that's Brian Ashworth. And oh, yeah. uh, for those of you who, who who don't know Brian right away by name, you've for sure seen him if you watch YouTube videos. He's got an, an enormous beard and a cutoff shirt and wild hair, and um, as well as being a great guy. Half the time I see Brian, he's on the court playing pickleball with kids or chasing, you know, having those kids chase him around or whatever. He's he's such a such not only a great player but um, a great guy who who loves spending the time on the court with the kids, watching them, helping them get better. And so that's been a real a delight for me to watch too. Good deal. Well, I'm going to let you get back to the party because I know this is Pickleball's biggest party this week and uh, I want you to take full advantage of it. But on behalf of everybody listening, we want to thank you for taking time out to report in to us. Uh, all those of us that are sitting at, at home, wherever that is, not uh, not in Arizona, uh, we're going to live vicariously through you and, uh, and root for you and hope that uh, your matches go well and uh, just have a great time. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. One thing that, because I've heard from a lot of people that they want to see what's going on, they want to hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done, um, our Instagram account, the Third Shot Sports Instagram account, you can see, you don't have to be a member of Instagram. You don't have to have signed up. You just go to Instagram.com slash Third Shot Sports and you can see everything. We're taking tons of pictures. I'm taking pictures of the fashion. The the pickleball fashion has been unbelievable here. Some of the wild costumes people are wearing. So um, (laughs) you can see video up there. You can see pictures. It's a good way for people who are at home be able to connect with the tournament well i'll link to it obviously in the show notes uh, i'll put a link in there and it is instagram.com slash third shot sports and i know that you are great so great about taking so much video and then uh, putting that out to your email list when you come back from nationals so if you're not a member of mark's email list you need to go ahead and subscribe to it right away so you won't miss out on any of those videos that he puts together and uh, you can do that at thirdshotsports.com. i highly recommend it and uh, Mark, again, have a great time this week, and we we'll look forward to, to seeing you up on the podium there. Uh, I hope so, too, Chris. Thanks a lot. Great talking with you. <laughs> All right, you too. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today as well, and a big thank you to everybody who's been sharing the link to the Pickleball Show via social media and just telling people in their local club about the show. We really, really do appreciate your support. Hey, have you gotten your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches? Coach Mo. Deb Harrison, Brame Carnot, all together in one quick study guide that will definitely take your game to the next level. It's totally free. You don't need a credit card. All you need is an email address. Just head over to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com, and we'll send it right over to you. Head over to iTunes also if you get a chance. Hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. And if you feel it's appropriate, leave us a five-star review. I'm Chris Allen. This is The Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.